you're listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with Elsa Mitchell. Come along with me as I explore all the remote corners of Australia, uncovering success stories from women killing it in business. I'll inspire you, teach you, and best of all, make you laugh by sharing their journey and mine so that we can grow together in life and in business. Mom, have you seen my pants? Right, get out of here with the podcast. Welcome to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with me, Elsa Mitchell, who it always is every time. <laughs> Today I am chatting with somebody. This this episode's a little bit for the mums out there, but you know, if you're a dad and you're listening, maybe <laughs> you might benefit too. <laughs> Love it. I am chatting with Kate Vivian today. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining me. Thanks for having me. Love My it. pleasure. Uh, now, Kate's actually had a bit of a career change, but kind of still in the same kind of space. So I'm going to let Kate share her story with everybody today, and then we're going to kind of start talking about mum life and what happens after you have babies. <laughs> and don't worry, we don't mean physically. <laughs> uh, we just mean all that comes with being a mum and a little bit of loss of identity that comes when you have children. If you haven't had kids yet or you're pregnant, I'm sorry, we're not here to scare the shit out of you. I promise this is going to be like a really positive <laughs> <laughs> spin but it's a little bit of real talk but before we get into all that juicy stuff and I'm sure at this point all the men have turned us off but um <laughs> Kate can you for my listeners and for me I know you quite well already but I would love to hear your story and how you came about having a career in um, being a birth educator and a doula and then how you've kind of will switched recently to a new path pivoted some might pivoted. say <laughs> yeah. love to I have been a childbirth educator um for oh, it must be coming up to more than six years and it was following the birth of my first baby and it was the stereotypical uh, shitstorm of a birth. Um, it didn't go well and it left me absolutely reeling. Um, it was not at all what I expected birth to be and not what I'd planned for. And it sort of then led to the whole start of my motherhood journey being a bit of a, a bit of a chaotic mess. I felt really lost through it. So Prior to the birth of my second baby, I thought I'd do things completely differently, completely changed the way I approached my birth, had the most amazing birth, and then decided to move into childbirth education because I realized that there was a different way and that women can and do have options and have been sharing that message ever since. I've also been working as a doula in that space and that time as well, so really supporting women through pregnancy, birth, and those early postpartum days. But what I realized more recently, and even as I was going through it myself, is we kind of forget what happens afterwards. I was so focused on having a baby that I forgot that at some point I actually have to bring this baby home and be a mum. 
um, that, you know, just a, a small thing that slipped my mind. Snapping the kid off's the easy part, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> right, like it's such a small, tiny part of what we do in the whole journey. Literally, maybe it's a couple of hours or a couple of days, and then we go home with a baby. Yeah, and you don't even have to sit an exam for that. I know. Isn't it crazy? There's no license. There's nothing else. <laughs> I have a question. Sorry to yeah. interrupt, but can you please explain what is a doula? A doula is a non-medical support person for birth and postpartum. There are other doulas as well, so for death, for example, but mm. it's really there for the emotional, physical support of both the birthing women and their their partners and family. So really providing that support that I think is sometimes lacking in the birth space and postpartum space as well. So doulas don't provide any medical support. That's not their job. Yep. It is really to be there as support. Emotional, would you Emotional say? support. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Physical, like providing that level of physical comfort, very hands-on if it's wanted. Are you saying doulas give out hugs? Oh, without a doubt, if it's wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the catch, right, if it's wanted. So I think that's a big yeah, focus true. of Some it. Is, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And that was me, like do not come near me. So it's really finding out what's most important to the mum and then making sure she's supported in that. It's education if it's needed, but really there to be that support, which I think can sometimes be missing. It's interesting. I feel like definitely the pregnancy and birthing space has really massively evolved, even from when I first had kids, which was 12 and a half years ago hmm. uh, when I had my twins. I mean, I was, oh, I mean, I, I don't, wasn't that young, but I was like 27. 27, 28, when I had the girls and and I say girls because they're twins, yeah. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, and I wouldn't have even known what a doula was back then. And even more recently, I was working with a client over in Melbourne who hires out TENS machines for labour, mm-hmm. and I was like, I didn't even know what a TENS machine was. Yeah. Oh. Until I worked with this um, Mama and Co, it's called, Mama and I Co, it's called, and then she expanded her business to products selling like pregnancy products online, and I couldn't stop laughing because I'm like, I have never seen any of this shit before. <laughs> like, none of this stuff existed when I was having a baby. Like, it was like ridiculous to be buying those nappy, you know, those little nappy bins and all the gadgets. Yep. And so I'm like, wow, I can't believe all this stuff you know, like the booby ice pack thingies mm-hmm. and perineum uh, massage perineum, oil, yeah, perineum yeah. or however you say mm-hmm. it. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't even know what a perineum was. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you found out, hey? <laughs> I do now, Kate. I do now. <laughs> um, it's just a whole new world. And you know what? It's gone gangbusters for this client and I'm like we're saying to you before we jumped on the call what's so interesting is when we're pregnant we we spend a lot of money we buy all the gadgets we really treat ourselves right like because we want to feel good but then as soon as the baby comes out it's like we abandon 
our own self self care, self worth, self anything. It all it all kind of goes out the window like with a flick of the switch. Do you think that's a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. Um, suddenly it becomes all about the baby, and yeah. which you know is important. And I'm not saying it's not, but yeah, it's like we we forget that we exist in this equation. It's not and, yeah. all about the baby, yeah. And it's not just – we don't just do that to ourselves. Mm-mm. Everybody does it. Like the grandparents or everybody comes over and it's, you know, once upon a time your mum would be like, oh, I picked you up this cute dress I saw or a cute top or, you know, <laughs> a friend would be like, oh, I got you this. No one ever buys you anything ever again. No. <laughs> Ever. It's, it's all so true. The baby. Yeah, and uh, people come over to see the baby. People don't yeah. come over to see how you're doing. Yeah. And maybe in the early, early days, people might bring a meal, but then it's all forgotten. Like, yes, everything becomes about the baby, and every conversation becomes about the baby. And then it becomes how are the kids? And yeah, we sort of get forgotten in that process. I even make a joke about it with one of my friends at school at the you know, we have our school mum, we call them school mum friends, which are actually like our besties these days. (laughs) And one of the the school mums, um, my friend has had a baby recently. Actually, quite a few of my friends have had babies recently at the age of 40. It's definitely Mm -hmm. in fashion. And I'm not uh, going there. I'm done. Yep. And she obviously is one of the few, well, people that has a baby in our group now so every time we see her we're like hand it over like yes I I actually say to her don't you love it how you don't exist anymore now we just want to we just want your baby yeah and even things like you suddenly become someone's mum like that's your whole name is you know Mm -hmm. mum and people don't know my name I'm just known as someone's mum yeah, I yeah. even joke about that with my partner now because we're a blended family and yeah. I've repartnered and I call him Hunter's dad Yeah, <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> yeah, my littlest one knows me as Auntie Cake because that's what my niece calls me. She doesn't know my real name. She knows me as Mum and Auntie Cake because that's it. Like I don't <laughs> – there is nothing else outside of someone's mum or auntie. And then you know what happens? Your kids grow up and they start getting a bit sassy and they start calling you by your first name and you want to slap them. (laughs) I haven't hit that stage yet, thankfully, but I know it's coming. I'm like, stop calling me Elsa. It's weird. But I do it to my mum. I do it just to antagonise her. She will listen to this and she'll be nodding going, yeah, you bitch. Yeah. (laughs) My mum's, you know, she's Elizabeth. Yep. But we, everyone calls her Liz and we call her Liz Cakes or Lizzie the Lizard and it <laughs> And I go, what do you think, Liz? And I'm like, if that was my kids, I'd be like, I'm such a hypocrite. Isn't it funny the things we do to our mum that we wouldn't buy Do to anybody kids? else. I know. When I owned my salon for years and years and years, like I used to laugh because all the – People that had kids my age would come in bitching about their daughters and how mean they were to them. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what it is why we give our mums shit after <laughs> all that we do for them. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit more? So after having your first baby, mm. can we talk a little bit more about just how shit that was for you? Because yeah. I'm sure there's so many people out there that can totally relate to it's funny because I used to be like my first pregnancy I was like yeah 
I'm still going to go traveling and I'm going to go to Europe and I'm just going to leave the kids with my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And yep, nothing's going to be any different. And everyone's like, mm hmm. Yep, we'll see. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> oh, it's so funny, isn't it? The things we, we think we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I felt lost, like absolutely lost. I didn't know who I was. I didn't feel like myself. Like physically, obviously, things had changed a lot, but I, I just didn't even feel like me anymore. I felt like everything was just about this baby. And because we'd had a, a traumatic birth, I think that amplified things as well. But I felt almost invisible in it all like it honestly felt like I didn't matter anymore it felt like I wasn't worth anything anymore because I wasn't earning money yeah. I was on mat leave and that for me was a huge thing because all my life I've been you know fairly independent financially and that was really important to me and suddenly I wasn't earning any money and I felt like I couldn't even go and buy a cup of coffee yeah because I wasn't earning yeah. Yeah. It, and do you think there's a little bit of postnatal depression in there? Possibly. May, yeah. I, d I don't know. Maybe. But, again, the focus was so much on baby and feeding. And, look, I was exhausted. None of my kids have been sleepers. So now I'm used to it. But <laughs> at the time it was something new. I have so a yeah, theory was, about the sleep thing too. I have a theory that in the first few months something kicks in and you kind of have this adrenaline and you cope okay mm. with the not sleeping and then at about three or four months in, the wheels fall off and mm -hmm. it all just catches up with you. And by then everyone's kind of faded out of the picture a bit, right? Yes. And yeah. that's I found that's when I fully was losing my shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was about the three, four-month mark. I was like, wow, I am so freaking tired. And I remember my bestie and I, we had babies about the same time and we were sending each other these articles about how being sleep deprived can actually make you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. I was like, she didn't sleep. She didn't feed well. I was up, you know, most of the night. And I remember thinking, oh, I can't wake my husband up because he's got to work tomorrow. And that's far more important than my sleep. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, it was such a rough ride. Remember, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just yeah. tears. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. I didn't feel like I could say any of this because it was a bit of a journey to have her and yes. conceive her. So I felt like, oh, just shut up. You should be grateful. Like, why yeah. are you complaining? Like, you've got what you wanted. Just yeah. you should be grateful. Yeah. yeah. And so – yeah, so relatable. <laughs> so relatable. There are so many things, but I don't want to scare the shit out of everybody mm. that's having babies. But, you know, I know for me as well, I actually returned to work quite quickly because I felt like, well, I owned my own business, so I yeah. couldn't fully switch off. And to be fair, and I've said this to you many times, okay, it kind of bugs me a little bit how and I've seen it through working with women for years, having bricks and mortar business. I've had multiple staff have babies. Quite, You know what it's like. Everyone mm. seems to give birth at the same time. Same there time. used to be a running yeah. joke in my salon that, you know, don't sit on the toilet seat. It was yeah, practically don't drink the an IVF centre in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and it used to really bug me when I'd hear the girls saying, oh, I've had to come back to work because we need the money. And I was, sort of would pull them aside and go, well, you know what? 
I get, yeah, you probably do need the money, but you mm. love your job and why do we have to explain and justify ha- returning to work? You know, it's like, well, can't we come back to work because we love our jobs mm. and we get fulfilment out of working as well as being a mum? I know for me, I've always showed up much better better as a parent and that's fine if you don't enjoy working, love staying at home with the kids. That's amazing too. There's no right or wrong way. I think it's what serves you best. On the flip side, there's plenty of people that are like, no, nah, I'm going to go straight back to work full time after six months. And then they actually love being a mum and never go back to work. So I don't know why we feel this need to have to explain or justify our choices. I think yeah, it's something that still happens, which I find really odd. I'm pretty sure you don't hear the men justifying going back to work. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it's so true. And I think I was the same. Like I loved working and I, I was so excited to be going back to work and I felt lost without it and have gone back to work. I've, I've taken time off with each of my kids but have always gone back to work. Yeah. And I think a big part of it is the reason why we feel we have to justify it is because we we've got this expectation from the broader society and community that women should love every single minute of being a mum and if you're a mum that's all you should want to do and to want anything else we're told is almost selfish or self-indulgent or doesn't fall within this expectation of what it means to be a good mum. Absolutely. And I know for me, I used to joke about this all the time, when I went to work, <laughs> you know, my clients loved me. They were so happy to see me, you know, like, and I was like, I used to say I love going to work on my birthday because people were yeah. nicer to me. <laughs> but it would fill my cup up, right, because mm. I'd feel good about myself. I'd feel confident. It gave me that break to kind of re-top up and then go home and show up better for my kids. That was just me, what served me, still yeah. still does. Exactly the same. <laughs> Exactly the same. I know I'm a better person and a better parent when I've had that time for me. And look, work isn't everybody's cup filling up activity, but for me, it really made a difference. Still makes a difference as well. Is there's so many cultures where actually the grandparents look after the babies Mm. and raise the babies? Like, there's so many different cultures where there's different approaches to parenting and mothering. Who knows what is. There is, I mean, I don't think there is a right or wrong. I guess it's what's best for you. And if your kids turn out right, out right then you've done okay. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I've kept my life so far. Yeah, like You're... I remember pumping milk in the toilet and I was mm-hmm. like, I can't do this. Like I'd be so rushed at work because we'd be so busy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to quickly pump out some milk in the dunny. Yeah. And it just didn't work. And that, I'd feel so bad. Then you'd feel all day going, oh, my God, I feel awful. I can't even get bloody breast milk out. I'm going to have to, you know, formula feed the baby. There's a lot. I even felt like I didn't step out of work for that long. And returning, I felt like a stranger in my own business. I felt out of touch. I felt nervous. I felt like I didn't know things. And, And that was only after a really short break. I can't imagine people that take a year off and go back. It's such a surreal feeling. It is. And it's a a space that isn't well supported. We don't support women well enough going back into work. And whether that break has been shorter or 12 months or years, the expectation is you go back to work, you pick up where you left off, 
and you carry on. Yes. But so much changes in that time. Like yep. it's unbelievable how much can change in maybe it's a few months, maybe it's yeah longer, but also you've changed as a person mm-hmm. and now you're trying to fit back into this workplace which may have changed, may, ex- may be exactly the same, but you have changed and now you're trying to deal with all this extra stuff which you didn't have to deal with before. You're trying to navigate it all and do so in a way where you're still showing up 100% at work because that's the expectation. Exactly. And so on that, you've completely, <laughs> I'm laughing when I say pivoted because it's a buzzword in <laughs> in our, and some people are like, what the hell are you laughing I've about? I've pirouetted. But, yes. And if you don't know me, I have an issue with buzzwords. <laughs> I hate buzzwords. I hate words like pivoted or pivot or launch or strategy. I hate that stuff. So, but you have pivoted <laughs> in your business and you've yep. launched a whole new service offerings. Would you like to tell us about that, Kate? Yes. So, have moved into that support that is. I think so severely lacking for for women and it's supporting and coaching and support for women after those early days. So whether that's returning to work, um, really supporting them through that rediscovery process, so rediscovering who they are outside of motherhood because I think we can get so lost in (laughs) being a mum. Yeah. And also supporting them to give themselves permission to do things differently and step out of that invisibility of motherhood. Um, you're saying just before, Elsa, about feeling really bad about pumping and not being able to, like feeling like you weren't getting it right when trying to pump. And some, I think some of that, when we hear those stories about feeling bad or feeling guilty, comes from the expectations of everyone else. Yes. So now I work with women to really figure out what they most want, what they most value, what's most important to them, and then how to actually bring that to life in their world, um, acknowledging all that still exists in life, Mm. but in a way that really lights them up so they're living the life they want rather than the one they think they should be living. And I think there's so many issues as well that you cover that we haven't even had a chance to Mm. touch on today. And by no means I'm just going on my experience. Everyone's mm-hmm. is completely different. Some people have amazing support systems at home. Some people don't. For me, it was that feeling of <laughs> I remember um, phoning my husband one day after having my son and being like, oh, where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'm just going to get my legs waxed. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting then. <laughs> I was like, um, I haven't showered in a fucking week and you're going to get your legs waxed. I've never forgotten it. It's, it's that, you know, you're like, you're, for me, and I, and I know, again, I'm not speaking on behalf of everybody, but I do know that this is a common thing that mm-hmm. you feel that your life has changed but your partner's hasn't changed and that resentment that comes with yes. that, you know, they're still going to the gym they're still having a drink with their mate. Um, and you're like, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> <laughs> it isn't fair. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> you know, there's 
all of that and it's dealing with that like anger, resentment, mm-hmm. guilt, coping overwhelm. with the change, the guilt, the overwhelm, yeah. the loss of identity, all of those things, which is why I really wanted to get you on to have a chat today because you've launched this new business coaching, mentoring women going through these changes in life and I love that. And what I also love is that you are offering this online as well. So I know that a lot of my listeners live rurally, regionally, remotely all over Australia and who knows, maybe some even beyond. So anybody, anywhere can work with you. They just need to get in touch with you and book via a Zoom session, which is incredible. I love this about the world we live in today, that these support services, because especially if you are living remotely sometimes you can feel even more More. isolated and alone with this shit and it's Mm. you need support that saying it takes a village it's so fucking true and I'm so so lucky to have so many amazing friends and family and we are often joking with my school mum friends that you know it does take a village and we all try and step up and help each other out where we can and I'm so freaking lucky and grateful to have that but not everybody does and you know, you don't have to do it alone. And I know for a fact having that help and support to work through it. And sometimes you just need that. Sometimes you know what you need to do. You just need someone to grab you by the hand and pull you up and help you take a step to do it. Yeah. I think so many of us know maybe what needs to change or know where we want to go, but it's the doing it. Correct. If we, you know, we, we get stuck. And I think if it was as easy to just do it on our own, then we probably wouldn't be having as many conversations. Uh, I say that still acknowledging that we need way better support and we need a bigger village. But, yeah, it's the doing it that I think is the hardest part and that's where support makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And even little things. I remember getting going to a life coach. Oh, my son was one. It was on his first birthday. I booked my first session and I remember Ooh. her kind of going, need to take some more vitamins and start eating this and being a bit healthier and I was like not doing that and yeah. then, <laughs> but I did I came around Good on you. <laughs> because after a while I kind of went you know what keep doing the same thing and you're going to keep getting the same yeah. results and you're paying this person money and maybe you should try some of the things she's suggesting and it'd be you know just little things like that just to give you a new direction, small Mm. changes. So, Kate, I will pop in the show notes for everybody listening, the links to your website or and your social media so they can reach out to you and they can either book online or I know that you will happily, you've got something on your website, they can have a free chat to you before they book an appointment. Yep. If they're a bit scared, which sometimes it is scary reaching out to someone new, but... I think it's fantastic and I love that you have had that experience going through the pregnancy and the birthing process, lived experience as well, which is massive, and now recognising that there's a gap that needs to be filled for mums on the other side. So I think that's absolutely incredible and I hope that we haven't scared the shit out of anyone that hasn't had kids yet today. I promise it's worth it. It is worth it and you know that there's support on the other side. Correct. it's good. Win-win. Yep. Thank you so much, Kate. <laughs> Thank you for having me. My pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast. I am Elsa Mitchell and you can find me at elsamitchell.com.au or if you'd like to meet my friends, please head on over to Facebook and I invite you to join our free group, Bossy Bitch. Bossy Bitch.